Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Today's episode is a continuation of the discussion on teacher burnout. In the last episode, which was 093, Bridget and I both shared our journeys with teacher burnout. But in today's episode, we're going to chat about how teacher burnout is actually a sliding scale. We're going to share what that means and how that applies to your teacher life. So we know this is going to be an episode you can definitely relate to. Yeah, absolutely. But before we jump on in, let's hear a TSH from Lala. She says, getting up early, which pushes my tasks and causes me to stay after school. Alarms don't work for me. So how do I get up early? Michelle, I feel like I'm a morning person and this relates to you. So can you give some advice here? (laughs) I was going to say, speaking of being relatable. um, Okay. First of all, it is all right to not be a morning person. There is nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with you. I truly believe some people are just designed to be morning people and some people are not. I am one of those people that is not. However, ultimately in life, there are situations where you just have to suck it up buttercup, okay? Some tough love. So in the morning, getting up, you just got to suck it up and do it. But a few little like ideas in terms of getting alarms to better work for you, because I know if I did not set alarms, I would not wake up like for hours. So if you need to, Put your phone on the other side of the room. That way, in order to actually turn it off, you have to get up and out of bed. You also can set different alarm tones. I had this problem even as a kid where if I had the same alarm sound for like several weeks, eventually I would stop waking up to it or like I wouldn't wake up right away. Stop it. You're joking. Seriously. So now what I do on my iPhone is every couple weeks I change what the alarm tone is. And then when it goes off in the morning, it like wakes me up out of my sleep. Even as a kid though, I had an alarm that had four different alarm sounds. And so like once a month, I'd have to switch what the alarm sound was. So this has been an ongoing issue. Um, (laughs) Speaking of setting alarms, you can always set multiple alarms. So if I need to wake up by seven, I mean, I set like 20 alarms leading up to it, but I will also have an alarm for like 701, 702, and then 705 as like backups in case I sleep through them. And those ones I always set as different sounds. Finally, um, have something comfortable to surround yourself with immediately. So for me, I love wearing my slippers and I have my slippers right by my bed. So when I do get up, I immediately put on my slippers and it's just that feeling of comfort. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. (laughs) Yeah, this is all really great advice from the one of us that like the one person that's just not a morning person. (laughs) I I'm sorry, Lala, like I wish I could tell you how to make this better. I am a morning person. I wake up on my first alarm. So I'm like up, out of bed, moving, grooving. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Boom, I'm out. Like it's just, I pop, I'm up, I'm ready to go. Um, Now, granted, it does take me a little bit. Like I'm a zombie walking to the bathroom to like wake myself up. But I am a morning person for the most part. But I think just kind of touching, and Michelle talked a little bit about this, is just really identifying the problem here, whether it be that it's the sounds like she had mentioned that she would sleep through sounds at certain points, you have to identify the problem and that's going to help you to be able to create a solution for it. So hopefully you can try to figure out and dissect, like get into your mind of why is it that I'm not waking up here? 
I think that's really good. I, I love the memes where it says something about like, yeah, I'm not a morning person. I can never get up in the morning. And then it shows them at like three o'clock in the morning watching Netflix. It's like, well, duh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so okay. yeah, I mean, tough love. You've got to evaluate your kind of routine. Like, are mm-hmm. you staying up too late? All right, moving on. So a few episodes ago, it was episode 089, which was titled, Does Balance Really Exist? We discussed how balance is really a sliding scale. It's constantly changing depending on events happening in your life. And as a result, you have to adjust in order to maintain that sense of balance. Yeah. And teacher burnout is the exact same way. So if you haven't already listened to episode 093, Our Teacher Burnout Journeys, we want you to go back and listen to that episode episode, but we're going to talk specifically about how teacher burnout in this episode can be seen as that sliding scale so you can start to identify what you're feeling and how how big you're actually feeling that burnout. Yeah, so thinking back to that last episode when Bridget and I shared our journeys, it was very clear that everyone's burnout is different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that kind of there's a lot of that goes into that. First of all, Everyone is going to experience some level of burnout, like at some point in their career, but that burnout, and I'm like putting quotes around burnout, can look very different for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? And to be honest, I want to say that we even experience it at multiple points in our year, not just like one year. You can't just say, oh, man, this was the year where I experienced burnout. I think Michelle hit it like home when she was talking about her journey in our last episode that you can experience burnout like constantly at certain times or points of the year. And when we start to really identify some of those times and when we're feeling it and why we're feeling it, it helps us to be able to prevent that, which Mm -hmm. is what we're going to be getting to, you know, later on in the month. And ultimately, because when I just heard you say that, Bridget, my mind went to, there's going to be people who hear that and, and automatically think, well, then that's just stress. That's not actually burnout. But Mm. first of all, Everyone can handle different amounts of stress. It's just like that pain scale at the doctor, right? Right. Where two people could come in with the exact same thing. Let's say kidney stones. The reason I picked kidney stones is because my parents were just here and my dad has suffered from kidney stones multiple times. And I know from his experience, he said it was extremely, extremely painful. So let's say person A comes in to the doctor with kidney stones and the Mm -hmm. doctor asks where their pain is at. And they're like, eh, it's like a seven. And then person B comes in and they're like, my pain is a 10. Like, give me the morphine or whatever other drugs. I don't know. But... (laughs) Everyone handles like the different amounts of stress and then everyone has different coping mechanisms for the stress and different skills related to preventing stress. Yeah. Right? And well, and we even talked in just previous episodes that stress is actually a good thing to experience. Mm-hmm. Stress mm-hmm. is not always bad. You have to have some form of stress in order to motivate you, to kind of push you, to get you to finishing those goals that you do need to meet. So just keep in mind that stress is not bad. Yep. No, I think that's a really good point. And you know, when we talk about like coping mechanisms or skills related to preventing stress, I think the reason some people experience more stress is they may not have developed those skills. Like they may not be able to look at a situation and go, Ooh, I know that that's going to stress me out. So I should probably do X, Y, and Z in advance. And that's okay. Because again, everyone is different. 
And what's stressful to one person, I'm laughing, I'll explain why in a second, is not always stressful to someone else, right? I mean, there were always those kids in high school, I never understood it, where it was test time and I'm like a nervous wreck going in to take this test. And they're just like sliding in at the last minute, like, all right, give me my paper. I'm ready to go. And I'm like, how are you like this? Yeah. Meanwhile, I get stressed out watching new movies. Bridget and I had this conversation. I love to rewatch the same movies again and again same. and again because I know what to expect. Yep, I'm but the exact the same way. Scary. I don't. I. I don't know going into it. I'm like, am I gonna like it? Am I like, is something gonna jump out at me? It's. It literally becomes stressful for me. Yeah, like, Trent makes sad. fun of me because I have the exact same movies on, like, on rotate. If I cannot commit, now I don't get stressed during new movies. Like that's not me. But <laughs> I have to give my full attention to yes. the movie, and typically I cannot sit still long enough for me to just sit and watch a movie like mm-hmm. it's not a thing that I can do I don't watch a ton of series like Trent usually is the one who sits there and watches them I can't do that because I'm constantly doing other things yeah but for me to watch a movie like I have to give my attention to it the entire time which is why I like to rewatch stuff all over and over and over because I don't have to pay attention to it yeah so we've established like burnout is different for everyone yeah okay moving on burning out can also be triggered by different like catalysts, right? Like there's different things that kind of initiate where you kind of shift from, okay, I'm stressed to I'm feeling burnt out. Yeah. And you know what? And I think in our last episode, when we were talking about our burnout journeys, if you go back and, and you listen to this entire episode, like listen to us talking about our different catalysts that kind of just would trigger burnout, you can go back and listen to our, our journey and identify where these catalysts are coming into play here because mm-hmm. I can see some of them in my journey and be like, yep, no wonder I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Like I had every right to feel that way because there were so many different elements that were happening. So to kind of give you guys some ideas of what are some things that can trigger burnout, um, some can be new admin, new team of teachers, new curriculum. And I've got to be honest, like this year we have new admin, we have new teachers around us. We have like, we have a lot of it, which is again, Michelle, why I'm calling you all the time and saying, Mm -hmm. I can't handle this. But now that I know that these different elements of the new curriculum, the new teachers, the new admin, all of these different things that are coming in that are brand new to this school year, I can hopefully plan for it and try mm-hmm. to get in, get ahead of it so that I don't really experience that burnout. And so I don't feel the need to just want to quit and just stop everything that I'm doing. Yeah. And I think there also can be those elements outside of just like the classroom that really play a role. So For example, last year, that big change of suddenly COVID. Now, that impacted the classroom, right? We had these new regulations, new rules to follow, but it also was affecting our personal lives in a lot of different ways, and that can lead to burnout. Also, those new like life changes, so getting married, having kids, getting a divorce, having financial struggles. Oh, man, so much. Interesting, I had mentioned that, you know, my seventh year is kind of when, like, it it reached its breaking point for me in terms of burnout. That's also the year that I got married. And I think a big shift that I had just like mentally, like a perspective change is 
Billy has been around, been around, just, you know, hanging around (laughs) since my student teaching. So we started dating right before I started my internship. So he's been there the entire time. And I would be lying if I said that my career as a teacher has not impacted our relationship. Of course it has. The number of days where I was so stressed out and I took it out on him or I was so busy working that him and I didn't get to spend time together or he had to help me with stuff. Like it has impacted our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when we finally took the step and got married, I feel like I kind of had this perspective shift of I don't want it to continue negatively affecting my relationship because I don't want it to ruin a good thing. And I kind of looked at the person I had been in our relationship while I was teaching. And I knew that that was not ultimately who I wanted to be. It was not the wife that I wanted to be. And I think that that did play a role in my decision to not teach. It was kind of this whole like, look, I am becoming a person that I don't like because of my career and that's not okay with me. So I need to make changes. Um, Speaking of changes, Bridget, did you notice something with all of these different catalysts that we named? Uh, That they're all new. Yep. They're all changes. They're all brand new changes. And that is a huge one. And you talk about like new life changes, but I also think like things that just kind of impact your life can also, that bleed into the whole your classroom. Like when my teacher partner passed away, she got sick with cancer and she ended up passing away. That was a new one. Whenever I found out that I was having, you know, my health issues with Hashimoto's, that was really negatively impacting, you know, what was happening at home and therefore made me feel inadequate because I was always tired. I had, you know, a lot of the the depression, the side symptoms that was kind of going on with it. And all of that just made everything feel 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the reason that newness or change can trigger burnout is because it's setting that sliding scale off balance. It's setting things off and you're thrown back into that adjustment period. We talked about this in that episode 89, all about balance and like, does it exist? And we, we had this paddleboard analogy. So Bridget, I'll let you kind of talk about that and like how a change can kind of set you off. Yeah. So it's interesting. So this past summer, um, the boys, my boys, like my two kids, my husband, my entire family, really, we spent a lot of time on the river. And I remember telling Michelle, like we were talking about balance and how I remember a moment because we would take out our big, huge, like, is it a pontoon, pontoon boat? Is that how you pronounce it? So a pontoon boat is what we would have. And then a few of us would ride out in our kayaks. But on the pontoon boat, we would take paddle boards. So we would have like three or four different paddle boards on there. And that if people wanted to get out, they could swim or they could get onto the paddle board, that that kind of thing. But as I'm sitting there and I remember I'm, I'm like sitting there kayaking, I'm seeing uh, Blaine, who is on the pontoon boat, and then he wants to get on the paddleboard. And so he's going from this very stable, secure, you know, piece of um, just what is it called? Like a boat or whatever, right? It's more yeah. stable. Yeah. <laughs> to something that is a little less stable because it's a lot smaller. It's going to be a little bit more wobbly. And I remember him stepping onto it. And in the very beginning, he would have to kind of shift his weight and you could see him trying to balance himself. And so everything's a little rocky and he's moving side to side and he's putting his arms out and he's trying to gain that balance. And then all of a sudden you would see that after just a little bit of time, a little bit of work that he's putting into it, he finally gets the balance. And you can see that it just gets to be a lot easier 
easier for him. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about life, that just kind of made me trigger it and think about this whole like concept of life. And when we have changes that are happening, we're going something from that's very secure, that's stable to something that's different because we're changing to something new. And in the very beginning, when we change to something new, it's going to take us off balance a little bit. And we're going to have to work a little bit harder to find that balance. But once we do, you can kind of see the the release of the stress and of the you're trying to shift yourself and make things work to then it's finally making it, you know, it's a little bit easier for you and you're able to kind of find your, your footing there. So a lot of what we talk about with all, you know, the new admin curriculum, the changes that are happening, things that are just different and new, it's going to cause us to be off balance in the beginning. But if we're aware of that, if we can you know, tackle it in a sense of, okay, I know that this is going to be hard for the beginning, but it will get easier. I just am going to have to work just a little bit harder to make it be the way that I need it to be. Um, That I think we can approach teacher burnout and hopefully prevent it. Maybe not all of it, but I think on that sliding scale, we can make it a little bit easier. And I think you made a good point that there are some aspects that we can kind of work to prevent. And then there's other aspects that we can't. One of the changes we mentioned was like COVID. If I think about that paddleboard analogy, COVID is almost like a big wave that just came and knocked you (laughs) off of the paddleboard. Oh, yeah. It's like going out when like it's like really windy and the whole entire river is just totally unstable and you're working like 10 times harder at everything. Yeah. So there will be these big waves that just knock you off. And you know what? That's life. Like you can still get Mm -hmm. back on. It's going to take a little bit longer. You're going to be wet. Like, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you can still overcome that. However, if we look at some of those smaller changes that maybe we see coming, so getting a new administration, getting new team teachers, those life changes, like it's not like Billy and I woke up and went, oh, let's go get married. Like we knew this was coming. What's happening for those to trigger burnout, there have been these like underlying issues that are slowly building up. And then this like small event really is triggering the burnout, but it's been something that has been elevating. I think about like fighting with your spouse. I, I can't yeah. tell you the number of times where Billy and I will like get into a fight. And then once we start talking about it, we realize, okay, there's been a lot of things that have been building up that I haven't said anything about, but like this one little thing triggered the fight actually happening. Yeah. So we're going to save that discussion for like the next episode because there's a lot more to get into <laughs> with that. But Bridget, let's talk a little bit more about how like burnout can really come on in waves because I know that came out within us discussing like our burnout journeys. Yeah. And, and that's really important to kind of identify too. Let's talk about just this transition from, you know, the summer to the school year, right? I think that can really wear us down as teachers because we've, we're going from this very serene, very <laughs> calming environment. You get to have your coffee outside. It's like mm-hmm. the best feeling ever because you don't have all the responsibilities. But as soon as you start school, that back to school is a season of life, okay? Because sometimes I feel like some people think, oh, seasons like spring, summer, fall, winter. No, 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 no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about like seasons as in the changes in what's happening in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So when we think about those seasons in life, that's going to help kind of push you to feeling this burnout. 
right? And if you don't try and prevent some of it or you don't approach it in the right way, I think it could lead to you just like completely being unstable the entire time and not feeling as though you can get it back together. And I think when it comes to like being proactive and being able to see like at the end of the day, it's like, well, okay, coming up, I'm going to be really busy. So I probably should do X, Y, and Z to help, you know, prevent that. The issue becomes we get very comfortable living in the moment and we're too busy with like the current moment. And I know Bridget and I are, are so famous for doing this. We will have a less busy season of life, for example, summer. And we love to take on new projects and new responsibilities. And it comes back to bite us, right? Because when everything picks back up, all of a sudden it's like that, oh my gosh, what did I do type of situation. (laughs) You know what I think about? It's like if you're filling up the bathtub with water, I just thought of this. I don't know why. And like you fill it super, super high up. And it's almost like you forget that, oh, I have to get in the bathtub and that's going to raise the water even more. So then when you get in, it's like overflowing. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, that's exactly how it is. And you know, like I feel, so one of the things I'm going to kind of share this now because this is what I thought about, but you were talking about like taking on the new projects. Like this is typically what we Mm -hmm. end up doing. My book was my project. And I'm going to share this with you guys because I think it's important to understand like this whole idea that Michelle and I do it all. (laughs) We don't <laughs> like yeah. we we say yes and no to things that we for for sure cannot take on. Yes, we do a lot, but it's because we like to do that, too. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I could ever truly sit down. Thank you, mom and dad, for putting that into me. Like, yeah, that's just the way that I am. But one of the things that I was realizing is that I was trying to prepare for going back to school. But then in preparing for going back to school, you know, I realized, well, man, now I have like I have to finish my grad school. I've got to, you know, write a book and that book is going to be due in November. And I finally made the decision to push my book. Like, so now my book is not going to be due until the next spring. And that allows me to take something off my plate. And I remember even telling Michelle, I called her and I said, I did it. I pushed my book back. It's okay. I feel like I'm putting, you know, I felt like for me, I was letting people down but nobody knows about it. <laughs> like yeah. nobody, nobody knew when it was supposed to come out. There was nobody sitting there saying, Bridget, why aren't you writing this book right now? Do you know what I mean? I was putting, I was putting this pressure onto myself that I yep. didn't need to put onto myself. So yep. with me just pushing that date back, I called her and I said, I feel like, like a whole bunch of weight just was lifted off my shoulders. And now I can really focus on the things that I need to get done that have like a time constraint. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yes, yes. And I think it's important to acknowledge that some people, and when I say some people, I'm really talking about myself, sometimes struggle to like, not necessarily think ahead, but more so like to be able to work ahead. I'm very good at being able to look ahead and go, ooh, I should probably be getting this done now so that in the future, it's that whole like doing something now that your future self will thank you for. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to get stuff done early so I don't have the stress. However... I am not the best at working ahead. I like to get hyper-focused on one thing at a time and see it all the way through before I start something else. Yes. (laughs) And I really struggle to like bounce between five different things. And, you know, that is something I should probably work on, right? It's something I should try to improve. But at the end of the day, it's also accepting that that's part of my personality and working within that. So if I can only work on one thing at a time, 
that's fine, but that might mean that I have to start something like super, super early so that I can have it done and I can start the next thing to get that done. You know, it's like I just have to have a better vision of what's going to work for me and like my workflow. Right. No, I completely understand that. So if we're thinking about burnout as like this sliding scale, we can acknowledge the fact that stress plays a part in the burnout scale, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're thinking about that scale, like the stress part of it, because we know stress is good, stress is not, not all stress is bad. It is kind of tipping it ever so slightly. Like you can barely tell that it's kind of tipping your burnout scale. But our seasons in life and the changes that we go through can cause that scale to kind of be a little heavier on one side than the other, right? And this means that we're feeling different degrees of burnout throughout the year. Yeah. So depending on what's going on in your life, the scale may be tipping forward. It might may be tipping back. You know, I'm currently in a situation where my scale has tipped back and I'm not feeling the stress that I was feeling before. I'm not feeling that burnout because I'm in a new season of life where right. I'm not in the classroom and I am married and we have a house. Like it's all of this new stuff, but the way that it has impacted me has been very different. And so if we're proactive and we're able to see a season of life coming, like that season shift, depending on how we know it might impact us, because we know ourselves very well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We know what's going to stress us out. If I know I'm going to watch a new movie, no, I'm just kidding. But we can then (laughs) take steps to kind of prevent that burnout. So we're going to continue this whole discussion in episode 95, which is going to be the truth about teacher burnout. And again, this is kind of a series we have going on like for the entire month of October, but we felt like this was something that really needed to be like dove into and discussed because we don't think it's being talked about enough. No, it absolutely isn't. And even if I think about like right now, this year, a lot of the things that we talk about, these catalysts, and I'm just kind of it just reminded me of it. I'm experiencing right now. I have new admin. Like I said, I have, you know, we have new curriculum. We have new things that are regulations, rules. COVID is still impacting us in so many different ways. And so for me, like I feel the overwhelm. I feel the stress. I feel uh, the pressures happening right now. Mm-hmm. But if I was to remove those, if I was to remove all of it, Everything else, the teaching aspect, my lesson planning, my my uh, systems, everything else that I have in place feels really, really good. So in my head, I may not be to that point where I'm at burnout, but I can feel myself like transitioning from that that deck to that paddleboard and I'm feeling super wobbly. And hopefully as we start to kind of move on, things will end up getting better, but I can feel my my scale tipping just a little bit. But everything else around me feels really good. I know I'm feeling stressed, but that to me isn't isn't going to be the degree of the burnout scale that I felt back, you know, my 7th year of teaching. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to like experience, right? The more you experience it and learn these skills and these coping mechanisms and everything else, it's going to make that transition easier. Yeah, for sure. So between now and next Thursday when our 
next episode on teacher burnout will drop, we would love for you to check out our website and go ahead and submit your TSH, your time sucking hurdle. Let us know right now, like what is sucking away your time, whether it's Netflix or something at school, something at home, go ahead and let us know. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. That way you are notified every time we drop a new episode, which is every Thursday. And make sure you leave us a review on iTunes because we do read them all and it just makes us feel nice and warm and fuzzy on the inside. (laughs) So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.